We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening, Broncos fans. I hope you're having a great Saturday. We are going to uh, jump in here in just a second as we get all the streams live we're right now we're on twitch twitter youtube and uh you know everywhere else but we are going to wait to make sure we have all the facebook streams in here and then we're going to get going on this lovely saturday night and uh welcome to another orange and blue view thank you for being here on this saturday evening i know everybody has plenty of things to do so we really appreciate when you guys all jump in here watch our show put the comments in the chat and have a nice conversation with us. So thank you very much. I am Thomas Hall and my co-host is Ron White. Ron, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Thomas. Doing very well. It's a lovely uh, evening here. I am doing some traveling as well, but it's it's still hot where I'm at <laughs> in the yeah. southeast. So, um, But doing pretty well so far. Good. Yeah, I'm still stuck here in uh, Patriots country. I shouldn't say stuck. Visiting family and friends. So it's it's wonderful, but you know, it's not the same being able to come from the on the show in the studio in the comfort of of that environment and and have you know have fun and uh, it's a little bit different. But hey, you got to make it work, right? You got to do what you got to do. So here I am with the red background again, not my usual background. Uh, yesterday or on Wednesday, Luke said I, I look like I was coming from the Heat's locker room. So I, I don't want to give the impression that I'm you know changing teams or anything. I'm still diehard Broncos fan and always will be. So. <laughs> but we have something pretty interesting to talk about. Of course, we've talked a lot about the wide receiver group here on Orange and Blue View. We you know, talked about the trade rumors and everything else. Uh, but today we, we got some pretty good news about Cortland Sutton diving into you know Michael Thomas's film when he was at the Saints, especially that you know historic 2019 season to see if he could uh, better his game. And so that's, that's great. You know, that's a, that's uh I like to see anybody trying to improve themselves on the football field. So we're going to jump into that, but in the meantime, let's grab a few comments. Welcome some folks in. Yes, we will. We got Dylan Vaughn arts. Thank you, Dylan. I'm one of our staffers here. He says, sup Broncos country. Make sure you hit that like button on the way in share on all platforms and subscribe. If you haven't already. Yes. If you don't do anything else, Broncos country do those three things like share and subscribe to all the platforms and then we also have 
Mike S coming in here. You know, Mike, we always appreciate you coming in. He says, what's up, Thomas, Ron, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos country? Well, what's up to you, Mike? Hopefully you are doing well on this lovely Saturday. Uh, and then we got Todd coming in, Austin Dorf. He says, hi, orange and blue crew and Broncos maniacs. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good word there, Todd. I, I like it. I'm going to use that moving forward. <laughs> Broncos maniacs. For it in. sounds good. <laughs> yes, yes. That, that, that's a good one. Um, and then we got Jesse Hillborn coming in here. He says, hello, everyone. Nice to see you all. Well, nice to see you too, Jesse. If you got a comment or a question, please drop it in the chat. Uh, and then we got Gyla Maples coming in here with a $20 super sticker. Thank you, Gyla. We appreciate you. Um, coming in from New Mexico, uh, another comment here. Hello, Broncos country from New Mexico. Glad Clark is aboard. What do you think? Well, th thanks for coming in from New Mexico. Really, really appreciate it, Gail. I'm I live in New Mexico, and there's several Broncos fans that interact with me on other shows and this show as well from New Mexico. And I keep saying there's we got to do some sort of uh, New Mexico uh, Broncos watch or something and get everybody <laughs> together, all the Broncos fans that enjoy Mile High Huddle. Uh, we should do that sometime. But yeah, uh, Frank Clark, I I it's a uh, for me it's from a football perspective, and I talked about this on Legends of Mile High, from a football perspective, it's a good move. They needed to fill out that edge room. Uh, there was a lack of experience coming in in the depth, in the rotation, and they needed that kind of next up man up that can can step in and, and still provide that impact that they had lacking when, when Gregory and Browning both went down. Not that they weren't you know good reserves, and I, I like the stories of John Cooper and that, but they needed that, they needed that extra oomph. Uh, from a character perspective, I don't like it at all. I think there were other players out there with uh, in the edge that they could have went and got that didn't carry that character baggage. Uh, you know, I, I've thought that the Chiefs were, uh, you know, I've made fun of them along with other Broncos fans about having these uh, low, you know, kind of issues with character on their team all for the sake of winning. And, you know, that's what uh, Sean Payton is about winning. And that's uh, that's what it's about. And, and these moves get made. But yeah, from a football perspective, it was necessary. From a character's perspective, I, I didn't really like the move. Yeah, thank you, Gala, for coming in again. And I I, I agree, Thomas, for, for, for the most part. You know, I, I would say Edge was definitely, you know, a need. Let, let, let's face it. You know, with Baron Browning um, just getting surgery, um, the we, we don't know if Randy Gregory is going to be available enough on the field. So the Broncos had to do something at edge. Now, you know, the reserve Jonathan Cooper, those folks showed great promise, but we can't rely or depend on that from a starting position. So they needed to shore up that edge room. And, you know, with the character issues aside, I, I know that's one thing, but I would hope that, you know, you know, that's kind of past them, beyond them. And, you know, coming in, it's only like a one-year deal, I believe. So, yeah, you know, coming in, doing a prove it, Helping this team get back to the mountaintop, I'm I'm all for it. Um, and he and he's had some good production with the Chiefs, right? Coming from our rival, I, I so I I really do like the move. Let let's see if it pans out. I'm hoping that it does pan out. Yeah, for sure. And and thanks, Kyle, for the support yes. and for coming in with that question. Uh, it's you know it's on people's minds. So thank you for that. Yes. Appreciate it. Yep. And then we got Troy Boer coming in here with a 4.99 super stat. How you doing, Troy? Thank you very much. He says. Hey guys, given the packed receiver room, 
it sure feels like one will still be traded. <laughs> if so, which is most likely? Do you want to handle this one first, Thomas? Yeah, I mean, I, I've said it's KJ Hamler. Yeah. I, we kind of got this question uh, before, too. Uh, it's KJ Hamler to me is going to be the first first wide receiver moved. Uh, I think that and, and Troy, thank you for the support. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming in here and being here, ready to go as we l- launch the show. I, I we really really do appreciate that. Uh, to me, KJ Hamler is, is similar to two other players on the roster. One of them is a brand new rookie that they traded up to go get, and a rookie that they got last year in Montreal, Washington. So. Uh, KJ Hamler, although, you know, he's a good player, seems like a good guy. Uh, he also seems like the odd man out right now there. Why, uh, keep trying to keep him on the field after he's had injury history after being here for several years, when you've got two younger people who can kind of take up that mantle, so to speak, and maybe be more durable. I mean, I think Mims is going to be more durable, so when you have that going on, I, I, I see maybe them trying to move him during training camp, kind of like they did Trinity, Trinity Benson a couple of years ago. I, I think to me, it's KJ Hamler is the first one gone. Uh, but, you know, there could be somebody else that gets moved as well. You're right. It is a packed wide receiver room for sure. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What are your thoughts, Rob? No, I, I agree. I, I echo exactly what you said. I, it, if it's anyone, Troy, it's the, the, the first to be moved would be KJ Hamler. And Thomas mentioned, you know, the reasons. The lack of availability to be out in the field, the injury history, you know, Mims, from what we've seen in Oklahoma, um, can come in and be more durable with Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton and then Tim Patrick, you know, coming in to shore up and giving different play designs for Sean Payton. I just don't see what K.J. Hamler can offer. Now, I know he was drafted and brought in to be that speedy guy, to be that down-the-field threat, 
quick twitch, but we just haven't seen it come out consistently. And you know that that's where I think Mims can come in and play that role, um, being that Swiss Army knife, if you will, for Sean Payton. Um, being that vertical threat down the field, we also probably see Jerry Judy in certain situations as well, um, line up at that uh, receiver position. So if it's anybody, it's going to be KJ Hamler being traded. Now, Montreal Washington's also another. I just don't know what you're going to get for. You know, I, I, you know, what can you get from Montreal Washington? Um, right. So that, that's the thing. But yeah, but I, in a trade, my, my, I bet my bottom dollar is going to be KJ Hamler. Yeah. Got uh, David McElrath coming in saying, Good evening, Broncos, country, Tom Ron, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Mile high, hello for life. Buckham times three, Denver Broncos for life. Thanks for being here, David. Really appreciate Thank it. You, David. Got a few other people uh, jumping in. So, uh, Jesse Hilborn, I don't know if we said hi to you. Maybe we did. Hello, everyone. Nice to see you all. Thanks for coming in. Uh, we got Jacob coming in saying, Happy Saturday, Broncos country. And then Dom, another. New England Bronco, or sorry, New Mexico Broncos fan. I'm in New England, so it's on my brain. New Mexico Broncos fan. And good evening, Thomas Ron. Scott in Broncos country. Uh, Scott's not here, but uh, that's all right. We're uh, we're running the show, trying to keep it all keep it all you know in our view, checking the chat, and we're doing it. So we are we're going to jump right into it, and we're going to talk a little Cortland Sutton tonight. So I think. Uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's an interesting uh, development to say the least. Uh, we've got Divine Breaks coming in with a super chat. Thank you so much, man. This is, it's awesome. Thanks for being here. I know you're here often and, and you support the show. So again, we really appreciate it. He yeah. says, need you two on together more than just Saturdays. Wild prediction for Broncos moves. We know nothing and I love them moving in silence. It's all business. Let's go. Yeah, uh, thank you for the compliment. I, I love being on here with you, Ron. And, you know, we Life have wise. other shows. So it's, it is really hard to, uh, we're kind of the, we were kind of the last two that took the open spot on Saturday night. And it, Saturday night's hard. You know, it's uh, summertime trying to get everybody here. But this is going to be awesome when the season uh, starts. We're going to be doing the preview. So I, I appreciate it. Uh, I, it would, I, I love to talk football. So, I mean, I could be on here every night. I wouldn't care. It'd be a lot of fun. But, I think your question, Divine, is a wild prediction for Broncos moves. I think you're asking, uh, do we have any wild predictions? Uh, You know, (laughs) you're right, too. It's hard to kind of make a guess when you don't really know what's going on. They've been very, very quiet. But uh, for me, I think there still might be, uh, it may not be a huge wild prediction. There might be one more move Mm -hmm. on the defensive line for me. Like they might when they start getting into these OTAs and they, they, if they start to second guess their decision on, on really sticking with the, the two draftees from last year as their main rotation, I know they brought in um, a guy from green Bay and I can't, his name's slipping my mind, but uh, he was, had some experience and that was it. But you know, someone out there, like I think Akeem Hicks is still available. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone, I, I think there's going to be maybe that uh, move that they make, you know, during training camp, if they don't feel like that rotation is solid enough, because they need to make sure that defensive line is is ready to go. How about you, Ron? What do you think? And before I get into that, thank you, Divine Briggs, for your um, appreciation. Um, 
and thank you for the comment. You know, it'd be nice to be on here more than Saturdays. <laughs> you know, talking football with you guys, it's it's awesome. Just I love, you know, the back and forth, the comments, the questions, the support. Um, so thank you for that comment. You know, we always appreciate you. And as far as wild predictions are concerned, I, I don't know if I really have any predictions that are wild for moves. I, I think, you know, three things. And you already mentioned one, Thomas, on the defensive line for sure. Um, I, I think the Broncos aren't done there. We, 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 I think there's going to be another move um, coming on the defensive line. I also think that as we were talking, one of these receivers is going to get traded. Um, you know, again, we were saying it's KJ Hamler and that's the likely one, but I, I still have it in my gut that somebody's going to get traded out of this wide receiver room. And then the third move, trading Alberto. I, I, I think that's <laughs> I think that's bound to happen as well. So again, not wild, but I would say those are definitely three plausible moves the Broncos can make prior to the season starting. Now that's, th those are all good. So yeah, thanks Divine. Really appreciate it. We got Keith Brugman coming in here. Thank you for being here. Thank you for Thank the you. Facebook stars. Thanks for the support. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, and we're going to grab a few more questions if we don't get to the Coral and Sutton thing. We don't get to it, but uh, we got a good question here from Keith saying, which position has the highest rank, uh, ranked position uh, will be the highest ranked position for the Broncos come the end of the season. I guess he's ask, uh, asking a prediction. Do we think quarterback, wide receiver, or running back will be kind of the higher ranked, so to speak? Which one is going to be uh, better than most of the other uh, the, their peers during the season is what I'm thinking. And, you know, for, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I've been saying Russell Wilson's going to bounce back. I think he's going to have a really, really good season. I'm going to say it's it's QB. I think that that position, he, that bounce back will be a big bounce back. And he's going to be back into, you know, kind of where he was before, which was one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I just don't see the running back position and with the question marks around the wide receiver position after having seen them play the last few years, I don't, I don't want, I'm not going to, I guess, put my, uh, my prediction behind that, that position. So I'm going with quarterback. Yeah. Thank you, Keith, for the question. This is a very good question. Um, and I would say Keith, by default, it would have to be quarterback. Every play on the offense goes through the quarterback. So the quarterback has to do well. And, we're expecting Russell Wilson to do well, especially under the hellman tutelage of Sean Payton. Now, you know, you know, all, I guess other positions that will be solid will be running back because make no mistake, there will be a heavy emphasis on this ground game. So expect Javante Williams, expect Samaje P. Ryan to eat, to eat in this offense. So if I'd have to rank them as far as what would be the highest, it's going to be quarterback one, running back second, just because of that emphasis on the running game, wide receiver third. Yeah, for sure. It's going to give a shout out to uh, uh, Alaska Bronco fan, oh. Northcutt Productions coming in from Alaska. Thank you for coming in and joining us on a Saturday evening. I know it's probably, a, what, is it two hours? earlier in alaska or three i i don't i don't know but thank you for coming in regardless appreciate it yes thank you 
And uh, shout out to, I need to go visit Alaska. I've never been there. So I, I definitely need to do it. Then we got our Phil, man, Phil McLaughlin come in with Facebook stars. Thank you for the support. As always, Phil, thank you for being here uh, with, a, with a question about uh, Frank Clark. So he says, good evening, Thomas and Ron. I know we signed Clark. I'm just wondering why Casey released him. Cap space, question mark. Buckham, mile high huddle for life and go Broncos. Yeah, from my understanding, is exactly what it was. I think they tried to renegotiate his contract maybe a little and they couldn't get it done. And I think it was like a $20, 21000000 million cap hit or something like that. Yep. So I, th- I think it had more to do with the with the cap than the actual play. As You know, his play in the during the playoff run, Super Bowl run was – was quite good. And so he, you know, I don't think it had to do with him declining and play. I think it was absolutely the contract. Yep. That's exactly what it was. Yep. Contract in the cap space, you know, you know, with Mahomes under the deal and then Chris Jones. So it's, you know, they already have a lot that they deal with on the money. So it was the cap space issue for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, they're filling in the roster and Mm -hmm. to me, I think it has to do, I think from now, with the roster moves that they've made, they filled in some pretty good spots. Now it is, it comes down to improvement in certain areas and all eyes are going to be on the offense. The defense was pretty solid. Uh, there's, you know, chance of regression or whatever, but most of the eyes are going to be on the offense. You got Sean Payton coming in offensive minded coach, offensive. You got great production in new Orleans with different players. I, I know he had a hall of fame quarterback to work with, but, uh, you know, he helped elevate him. So it's improvement, I think, in those players that we're going to see. And talked about Jerry Judy. I think Jerry Judy is going to have uh, – people are saying he's going to have a breakout year. I looked at, you know, if he's going to get the opportunity, he's going to have some, what you would classify as a breakout year. And that kind of brings us to Cortland Sutton, right? Cortland Sutton looked like he was on a trajectory to be an all-pro. He, uh, you know, had a pretty good freshman season. His sophomore season, you know, was that Pro Bowl season where it looked like he was breaking out. His his production per opportunity or per t- target was right up there where, you know, you, you expect to be, uh, you know, with the uh, other top wide receivers. It wasn't quite that high, but pretty close. You th- think he was going to get there, and then he injured his knee, and he has not been the same since. Now, I'm not going to say that it was all his knee. I think, you know, the offensive struggles really hurt him, but he didn't seem like the same player that I remember seeing. So now there's reports out there that he is uh, looking at Michael Thomas, looking at uh, film from him to try and glean information, try and get better at his role, you know, especially as it pertains to the new Orleans offense, what, what, uh, you know, Sean Payton wanted uh, so, you know, those kind of things help. So what's your, what's your initial reaction, Ron, when you, when you hear that him say that he's, he's trying to get better by looking at, you know, someone who's was incredible. I mean, it was a record breaking season really. Uh, so what are your initial thoughts when you hear that? Yeah, I love it. I, I love to hear, you know, a wide receiver talking about working on their craft, studying some of the game's greats, um, studying, the route tree of some of the game's greats and what better receiver to study from than Michael Thomas. We knew in new Orleans, what Michael Thomas was about, you know, in that 2019 breakout year, I think he caught 149 targets out of 185 had about almost 1800 yards and nine touchdowns. Um, so the ability to kind of study what Michael Thomas can do, 
especially from a slant route position. You know, we know that Michael Thomas is the poster boy of the slant route. And him coming in to to develop that craft in Sean Payton's offense, breaking down film, getting separations, you know, you know, as a receiver from DBs, I, I think it's I think it's great. It can only but help this offense. So we'll see how that all materializes going into OTAs into the start of the season. But Thomas and Broncos country, I love to hear, you know, our receivers, our, you know, our team talking about perfecting their craft. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously he could, he could rest on his laurels and he could say, I know what I'm, you know, I know how to play the game at playing at an elite level, but he wants to get better. And that's, that's a good sign. And that might even be a, a sign of good coaching too. Right. Yep. You know, he may be influenced by Sean Payton, but they have a, I mean, I don't want to compare Cortland Sutton to Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas in his prime was, yeah, I mean, he was a great, an elite yeah. wide receiver, but they both have physical kind of attributes. Michael Thomas was a physical receiver. So is Cortland Sutton. I know he kind of seemed like he wasn't as much this past two mm-hmm. years, and maybe that had a little bit to do with his knee and confidence, but you know, you saw that in his sophomore season. He was a, you know, he would go out when you toss the ball up to him. You, everybody that's watching thought he was going to come down with it, right? So they have that that kind of physical stature that is very similar. I actually think they're very similar in speed, size, that type of stuff. So you know, going and looking at somebody who was elite in his prime before he got injured, Michael Thomas isn't going to hurt for sure. But the thing that I like the most is it's he's he's not just looking at it to get better on how to get him. He's he's using it in, you know, in context. How did it happen in Sean Payton's offense? And I think that's a little bit of a key that makes it seem a bit better to me. Like it's not just going out and grabbing Jerry Rice video and, and getting better. It's what's the context? How does this work for what we're going to run? And how can I make that even better? So I really think that that's a it's a. It's a move to me that makes me think Cortland Sutton is going to really, if you don't see him kind of take that step this year, then, you know, you're probably not going to at this point, but you know, all signs to me is, is pointing that this is, uh, this is Sutton's uh, year to, to really shine and hopefully he does. But I also have the feeling that Jerry Judy is going to be more of the focal point. So you may not see yeah. the stats, but you may see an old, the old Sutton back, right? The old Sutton yeah. back. You may see Ju- Judy as kind of the star, the focal point, but Sutton is still that physical force that goes up and gets those balls and and really makes an impact. So that, that's where I see it, and I think it's important. And you bring up a good point with context, um, studying context and the development of these plays, Thomas, because that speaks to what Justin Simmons had to say about Sean Payton. Remember, you know, the what they love about Sean Payton so far is he's a teacher on the field. He wants you to understand why he's running this play. Like, what's the reasoning? What does he see from the defense? You know, why do you have to be lined up at X as opposed to Y? So I, I think understanding that context also with studying Michael Thomas's uh, film from that 2019 season would kind of put things together for Cortland Sutton and could only help him. So again, I just wanted to bring that point up as well. Absolutely. We've got Phil coming back in with more Facebook stars. 
again, thank you, Phil. Thanks, Thanks for Phil. the support. We really enjoy it. We enjoy talking to you on the show on Saturday nights for sure. So thanks for taking the time to be here with us. And Phil's question is, I think it seems logical that Alan is going to ball out with more attention being paid to our outside rushers now. Thoughts? And I'm assuming you're saying the new pickup, Zach Allen, uh, on the defensive line to take over where Draymond Jones uh, vacated, yeah, that they brought him in free agency. And, uh, well, I let uh, I'll let you jump in here, Ron. What do you think? I think I think Zach Allen's definitely going to, you know, to, to ball out and ha- have a good season. You know, we we, we wanted obviously, you know, with Jamon Jones at inside pressure. I can see Allen definitely coming in and being a force, a disruptive force inside, um, so that the outside rushers probably wouldn't have to do as much since you know more attention is going to be focused on them. So, Phil, you do bring up a good point um that you know what we saw from zach allen in that vance joseph defense in arizona was pretty good um and we just hope to see more of the same here so i definitely agree that allen you'll see allen ball out you'll see some of those pressure packages coming in with drew sanders um blitzing so you'll see a lot of different defensive schematic formations um but i do expect allen to break out and ball out um, as a result with this Vance Joseph defense. Yeah. And from my perspective, I, I thought Allen was going to ball out this season, regardless mm-hmm. of the edge rushers. And, and you know, I know there it's a complimentary football. Uh, Allen, Zach Allen's coming into his prime. This is when right. defensive line players really take that next leap. And he looked poised to do it. And, and that was why I was very kind of adamant that they didn't get rid of Draymond Jones because I always, I felt that this is, that was his year. You know, he's going to, he's going to make that next, next leap and he may do so in Seattle. I hope not. <laughs> I don't like to see them have uh, any sort of victory, but uh, I really do believe that Zach Allen was going to take that, you know, kind of that leap into uh, a next, next tier of, uh, of player. Because if you look at all the stat, uh, the analytics based on age, defensive line this is this is the age that they really start to uh make that next move and become kind of into their prime they you know start getting those awards they you know they they just are better players because it takes a little while for defensive alignment to develop and if you have a complementary pass rusher on the edge that's only going to help my only concern is They've had a hard time keeping those edge rushers healthy. Randy Gregory obviously never played a full season, and some of that has to do with suspensions or whatever. But he, uh, you know, last year he was he was impactful when he was out there. Don't get me wrong, but he wasn't out there often enough. Now we, you know, we got the news that uh, Baron Browning's having his knee scope, so he his availability is in question now. So if they can get him on the field, if they can have that three man rotation between Clark Browning and um, Gregory for the full season on the edge, that is definitely going to help Zach Allen. But my feeling was Zach Allen was going to be pretty good regardless, but he may, you may see him being a little bit better for sure. I just, my problem with it is I still think they're lacking a little in that rotation. Yes. I don't, if they're not rotating him enough, you know, he may, he may wear out a little bit more, but I, I made the prediction that he's going to play all 17 games. So Hopefully he doesn't wear down towards the end of the season, but yeah, I mean, Phil, it's, it, it always helps to play complimentary football. And if you can get those edge rushers, you know, 
coming up, coming and pushing them up the pocket, then Zach Allen's going to definitely make some hay. So, yes, yes. Oh, All right, go. let's check and see what we got in the uh, rest of the chat here. Samuel's coming in. Sean is going to set everyone up to succeed. He will expose everyone unwilling to work on themselves. That's a great point. Ron, yes. what do you think? Yes, Samuel, I I agree 100%. You know, he again, we already see it see it paying dividends of NOTA setting people up for success, being that teacher um as a head coach. And you're right. He it, he will hold you accountable. You know, if you're not willing to work, if you're not willing to come in and play to your fullest potential, you will hear about it. He will hold you accountable. And that has been something that's been lacking at the head coach level for years now for Denver Broncos. So him coming in, setting this team up for success, um, letting players know if they played well, if they haven't played well, <laughs> making sure they're accountable with their actions. We can definitely see Sean Payton coming up and um, setting this team up for sure. But I agree 100%, Sam. He's he's put people on notice already, right? I mean, yes. he was joking a little bit in his, uh, you know, you have a Walmart greeter uh, position waiting for you when Ben DiNucci uh, threw the interception in OTAs. But there, you know, a lot of joking has seriousness to it as well. And if you're not going to be able to cut it, you're you're gone. And if you're not buying into the program, I mean, he, this guy comes from the Bill Parcells coaching tree. Yep. If you're not going to buy into the program, you're not going to be here. And uh, Sean Payton is, you know, I don't think he is um, as gruff, so to speak, as Bill Parcells yeah. was. <laughs> I think, but I think he still comes from that tree. And and the other thing is he's a good teacher, right? When you talk about, when people talk about practices with him, they, he makes sure that those plays are correct. If something is wrong, it's stopped then and it's corrected. It's not left to linger and I'm telling you, I saw it when I was at camp this last year. It didn't seem like the Broncos had that same mentality under Nathaniel Hackett. They didn't have that get it right. You know, it was we'll go out and we'll do it. We'll go through the motions and everything will be fine on Sunday. But, you know, as everyone knows, practice is where you make it right so that when you get out on the field, it, it works, right? And so that's another big thing. But, you know, I think that, when you look at just look at what Sean Payne did for Drew Brees, Drew Brees was an okay quarterback. He had one really good season and people point to that sometimes and kind of like to diminish Sean Payton's uh, ability to coach him into the hall of fame. But if you look what he did, he changed, he, he brought put together an offense that fit Drew Brees perfectly. Yeah. He knew Drew Brees was a high volume passer. He knew that that's how he could get the most out of Drew Brees and they worked well together. And I think you're going to see something totally different when he coaches Russell Wilson. So he's going to put people in this position to succeed. And you can you can look at the other two quarterbacks that he made better. Uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater got a huge contract because he went out and played great for, you know, a portion of the season due to injury. And then Jameis Winston was on course to be a, a better, better passer under Sean Payton. So you see these things happening and you can only – you can only expect it, right? You can only expect that these players are going to be put in position to succeed. Now that's on offense. Sean Payton is definitely involved in the defense. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about saying that same thing for Vance Joseph, uh, based on what I've seen from him. 
<laughs> hopefully he learns from Sean Payton and that uh, goes into the defense as well. But yeah, everyone's on notice and they should be, they really yeah. should be. So. Yeah, that's that's a good comment call out there, Sam. We appreciate you. We got Michaela Parker coming in. Welcome, Michaela. Good to see you. Hi, Bronco family. Well, hello to you too. Hope you're having a great Saturday. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Michaela. Appreciate it. You know, you're a great supporter of of Mile High Huddle. So we always appreciate you here, yes. seeing you here, you and your son Cooper jumping onto these shows. So thank you very much for being here. Appreciate it. Yes. We got a, a question coming in from Austin H saying, "Hey, Thomas." Ron, how concerning is the knee issue for Baron Browning for the upcoming year? Well, you know, it's concerning to me because they don't they don't really know when he's going to be back, right? They're they're hoping it's for training camp, but if that lingers a little bit into training camp and he doesn't get those reps, you know, he's still trying to learn the position, right? He was inside linebacker in the NFL. He played it in college. I get it, but in the NFL, still trying to learn that position. He he knew, he was. Incredible when he was out there, I thought. I thought he out um, he performed all of my expectations and they moved him, but he still needs to develop. So if it lingers into training camp and he's not playing much, you know, then Frank Clark is the one that's starting instead of him. It's concerning to me. So hopefully that scope uh, heals quickly and he's back by training camp. I, I don't know, Ron, what, do you, what are your feelings on it? Yeah, it, it is a concern. Again, thank you, Austin. It is a concern um, for me in the sense yeah, we, we don't know when he's going to come back. And then if Randy Gregory gets injured, now what? Right? It's <laughs> So, it, again, it goes back to, you know, granted we did bring in Frank Clark, which is great, but if the other side is injured, you know, then then what do you have? So that's why I would say it's, it's a bigger concern for me um, just because the, the edge room isn't as – formidable as I would like for it to be. And, you know, with one of our players out, um, don't know when he's going to get back. Frank Clark still coming in, trying to get adjusted to, you know, Van Schultz's defense. Um, and then, you know, you may have Randy Gregory for a stretch, but then may not, you know, and then he might be out for the next few games. But we don't know. So it's just a lot of things we don't know we're uncertain on, you know, with with the actual edge group and that's why for me the uncertainty of the current edge group makes this a big concern yeah and that's why benito has to make that next step yes we knew as a project coming in he has to make that step but he has to be the guy that comes off the bench to fill in for anybody that gets injured of those three right he's got to be the fourth man up and he's got to be able to come in in pass rushing seat pass rushing uh you know, times and make, you know, get to the quarterback. Uh, you know, I saw some flashes in, especially in preseason, but you know, Benito needs to step up. So there's some question marks. There's question marks all across the edge group and it is concerning, yes. but if Browning heals up by training camp, like they say, and he, you know, he builds a little bit more pass rushing moves, gets a little bit better then I'm not going to be as worried, but it is a concern not a huge concern, but it is a concern. Thank you. Then we got Todd Alsendorf coming in here. Thank you, Todd. He says, my hope for a breakout candidate is Greg Dulcich. That's a good one. That's yep. a good one. Um, he's he's definitely high on my my list as far as being the candidate to take that next step. Um, you know, Sean Payton's already raving about him, saying he could be the, <laughs> the next joker in this offense. So <laughs> that's already good high praise. 
Um, another candidate, and I'll get yours here as well, Thomas. Another breakout candidate I can see is Damari Mathis. I liked what I saw from Damari Mathis last year. Again, you know, I know he had his big learning curve at the beginning of the season, but, you know, he he took off after that. He was able to hold his own. And I'm curious to see how in year two, how he will develop across from PS2. So I'm looking forward to seeing um, his development and growth as well. Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of breakout candidates, right? We were, we were already talking about Jerry Judy being that, ne- yeah. taking that next step. And even the national media is talking about Jerry Judy. That, yeah. That's a breakout candidate. Dulcich, you know, you don't hear Sean Eaton come out and sing people's praises unless it's deserving. So obviously he's going to have a bigger role. Damari Mathis is a good one. But to me, those are not really big surprises. Like they, it, those, those pe- players should take that next step. And if they don't, it's a disappointment. The one, my surprise breakout candidate, and I know people are going to be crap for it probably, uh, but the surprise breakout candidate for me is Lloyd Cushenberry. I think he's going to be much improved and uh, you know, they, they are counting on him to do it. So it's either he has to be much improved or they're going to have a big hole in the center. So I'm, I'm, it's more of a hope maybe than an actual prediction, <laughs> but he has to, he has to come through. So I'm looking for those surprise breakout candidates. And I, I think Lloyd Cushenberry is going to take that next step. Hopefully. We hope so. We <laughs> hope so. Thomas. crossed a little. <laughs> we hope, you know, I, I think Broncos, everyone's hoping that Cushenberry, we, we want him to, we, we yeah. really want him to, because the center position has just been, it's been a revolving door. It's just been not good. And, we're hoping under Sean Payton that Cushenberry could take this step. But again, I, I wouldn't get my hopes up. That's why I'm like, you know, I'm glad we have Kyle Fuller. You know, I know Forsythe, obviously a rookie, but, you know, just in case, um, you know, it doesn't develop. But, you know, I, I, I'm hoping he does. And from what I'm hearing, I mean, I haven't heard anything like terrible so far, at least coming out. So, I mean, We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Right. You know, it's just kind of one of those things, we, we, you know, we're not holding our breath, but we'll, we'll see yeah. what happens for sure. Yeah. And Michaela's coming in with our, with some support. Thank you very much for the super chat. Michaela, we appreciate it. We appreciate you on here and uh, coming up with uh, making this comment. And this is a pretty, pretty uh, strong prediction. Michaela says, I think we will have a top 10 offense and a top five defense. Call me delusional, but that is what I choose to believe. Denver Broncos for life. Uh, that would be, if that were true, if that does happen, that's a playoff team, team. Yeah. right? That's a playoff team because that means everybody stayed healthy. They uh, they played as good as we want them to play on defense, and their offense is drastically improved. Yeah. That's a huge swing in points and a huge swing in wins. I think it's a playoff team. My personal perspective is I think the offense is going to be much improved because you look at Sean Payton's offenses of the past, they've he's had uh he's only had a, a few seasons, a handful of seasons, like three that were you know under 400 points, right? And then he's had way more over, you know, he's had more over 500, I think, than he's had under 300. So to think that the offense is going to be good, you know, that I'm with you there. The top the top five defense is going to be a little tougher for me to get behind. I think they were on that trajectory last season until the injuries happened. So if they stay healthy, they can do that. I'm sorry. I'm still just not sold on Vance Joseph. And I know I'm supposed to get on the bandwagon and I'm supposed to be supportive and jump in there and say, it's going to be great. I just, 
don't know if he has that in him to to coach the team and make the right decisions, you know, to to you know get the most out of the defense. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to be the first one to eat crow. I hope he, I'm wrong. I hope Vance Joseph takes that next step and is a great defensive coordinator. I think he's been a a pretty good, to okay defensive coordinator. And I think he needs to take that next step, but I, I don't know, Ron. I mean, that's me looking at him when he was a Broncos guy and yeah. just like looking lost on the field and then looking ahead his defenses, you know, as he's been other places and not being too impressed. Yeah. I think you and I share somewhat of a similar brain when it comes to the faith in Vance <laughs> I think that's kind of why we hesitate, but yeah, going back to Michaela Parker, thank thank you, Michaela, for coming in with with the comment. You know, we appreciate you coming in. And Michaela, this is this is not delusional. It's not out of the realm of the possible either. You know, the the offense can only go up from where it was last year. It can only get better. It can't get worse. So, with a proven commodity in Sean Payton, we know what his offenses represent, and with the playmakers that we have, you know, if Russell Wilson takes the next step, which we're hoping and expecting with Javante and P Ryan, and then the, the wide receiver core, I, a top 10 offense is, is definitely feasible. Now, the reason why I'm top five, top five defense, that is also reasonable, but I, I'm a little bit reluctant to say that in the sense that, well, one, Vance Joseph, as you mentioned, but also the edge. I just, I, I'm still not sold on our edge group. Again, I I love the fact that we got Frank Clark, but, you know, I, I have to see Randy Gregory on the field the whole season. And then, you know, when Baron Browning comes back, because it's all going to be upon generating that pressure up front to disrupt the timing you know, and the quarterback. So again, I'm you know, the secondary is great, you know, with PS2 and Mathis, and then our linebacking core is good, but I'm still a little hesitant on edge, and then I'm still a little hesitant on what Vance Joseph can bring. Just because you're right, Thomas, he's been to me, Vance Joseph has been very average, very mediocre when it comes to the defensive coordinator position. But I'm hoping that with help from Sean Payton being able to be that extra set of eyes in the room. He'll be better at a DC position. Um, But before I let you kind of run off on this as well, these stats are going to be based on health. Let's be honest. You know, if both sides of the ball remain injury or at most injury free throughout the season, these will hold up, but it's just going to depend on, on the health of these players at the end of the day. And I'll say one last thing. If the offense is in the top 10, it's going to mean they're scoring a lot more. So you might see the defense maybe good, but you'll see teams, you know, pressing to score a little bit more. So they may not look stats wise when you look at points, points against in the, you know, that ranking that high, because offense are going to have to count. Last year, offenses could have, could play very conservative against the Broncos because, they knew they couldn't score any points. So, yeah. you know, their their defense looked a lot better because they weren't having to, uh, you know, they weren't 
they weren't being as aggressive to try and score. And that does lead to more points being more aggressive. The stats show it and everything else. So yeah, thank you, Mikhail. Appreciate the comment. I hope you are right because that means the Broncos are back in the playoffs. Get Dan Hall coming in saying, good evening, guys. Thomas, if you come to Rhode Island, let me know. Lunch is on me. Great stat. I always keep in my back pocket. John L was 13 and 0 versus the Patriots. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I, I, uh, they had their number for sure. You know, I'm, I'm heading back pretty soon. I, I wish I had seen this sooner. I, I would have tried to make do, but uh, I'm going to be coming at you from the road for a couple days because uh, we're driving back and then uh, hopefully be in studio on Saturday with Ron uh, at home. So uh, thanks for the invite though. Maybe next time I'd, I would, uh, I'd definitely take you up on that. Yeah. All right, Keith's uh, – sorry, uh, I, I stepped on you there. What, we were grabbing one, and I, I missed it there. So. Yeah, no worries. We got David McGrath coming in here. Uh, thank you, David. You know, we always appreciate your, your generosity. He says, in Sean Payton, we trust. And in Dave, David, indeed, we do. You know, we, we have to trust um, that, you know, they made the right hire, which I believe they did, um, and that Sean Payton will come in and turn this team around. I mean, you know, it's – this team was at the bottom of the barrel last year and yep. him coming in, turning this offense around with um, new players, shoring up the offensive line um, was a good first step. Um, and then we'll see how it is, how it plays out with Russell Wilson. But I have faith. I have confidence that um, this team will be better in this upcoming season. Absolutely. David, thanks for the support. Thank really, really appreciate it. we got Keith asking a question about which free agent addition do you, to the Broncos, are you looking forward to seeing day one of training camp? And I'm going to be out there, probably maybe not right off. I'm not going to be there the whole time. Luke Patterson will be there the whole time, but there's, uh, yeah, I'm going to be out there for several days. I'm looking forward to seeing Ben Powers. Mm-hmm. I, that, he just, you know, him and Quinn Myers being the two guards, I, I think it's going to be fun to watch them just manhandling people next year. And I want to see it starting from day one of training camp. And I think it will. So I'm really looking forward to Ben. I know it's not a sexy thing to say, Oh, I can't wait to see the guard, but I really am. I mean, (laughs) there's other great additions, but I I really am looking forward to seeing Ben powers mauling people out there. Yeah. Ben powers is a good one. I was going to say McGlinchey. Uh, McGlinchey be fun to watch. Exciting to see day one. And also, also Zach Allen. Um, seeing Zach Allen out there um, and how we can create that that uh, Russian side, um, uh, that would be intriguing to me. So those those would be the two for me that I that I wouldn't want to see that that first day. Yep, yep. We got Roy Osborne coming in from Facebook saying, "Hey, all, I'm liking your optimism on Cushion Perry. We have to be optimistic, Roy. I mean, <laughs> it, it has to get better, or that's going to be a big hole in that offense." He says, "I'm like you, Thomas. I'm not on the train with Cushion Berry." or VJ. So you share our, our thoughts. I really hope that both of them improve. Uh, I think, but if if Vance Joseph doesn't improve and he doesn't make that leap, you, you, and you might see a familiar face coming to uh, Broncos, a familiar face to Sean Payton as a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. Good point, Roy. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. You know, I'm, I'm on the train now. We'll have to see with Christian Berry. We, 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 again, we want him to take that next step. Um, we want also Vance Joseph to be a better defensive coordinator, but you know, past behavior doesn't necessarily warrant, um, you know, better behavior in the future. So, <laughs> but we will see what happens coming up. We will see what happens. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to grab Todd here. Cause we were talking about breakout candidates 
And uh, mine is Cushionberry, only because I want to go with someone who's not a surprise, right? Uh, Todd's asking us, who is your breakout candidate and which side of the ball is the most improved? So I'm going to stick with Cushionberry only because I'm trying to will it to happen, happen, right? I mean, I know Judy and uh, Dulcich and some of these other players who are young and upcoming should be the breakout candidates, right? They should take that next, next step. And if they don't, it's going to be disappointing. But to me, the biggest next step has to happen in the middle of that offensive line. I'm going with Cushionberry to pull through one. And I know there was another comment in here asking, is it going to be Cushionberry or the, the additions? I think it's going to be both. I think Cushionberry is going to be helped by having, you know, minors and powers on either side of him. And I think that Sean Payton is going to kind of help teach him. And Zach Streif to the offensive line. I think that hurt him last year, having Butch Berry as the offensive line uh, coach. So I'm going with Cushionberry, and the offense is going to be so much more improved than uh, than either. Special teams is going to be improved too, I think, but you're just going to see a much better offense. I agree, Thomas. Um, thank you, Todd, for this this question. I, you know, the the breakout candidates. Uh, I'm going to actually kind of answer these two separate questions kind of together because. The, the weakest side of the ball last year was on offense and the most, the weakest group was the offensive line. So we know from there that it can only go up and that one has to get improved. So I would say, yeah, you're right. Cushionberry would have to be the breakout candidate just because, you know, everything kind of channels through him making those calls and he has to hold up at the point of attack. And we're hoping to see that with this new offensive line coach and the new offensive line that we have. So, um, you know, with the with that side of the ball, um, the offense is very much improved. Um, obviously, we have another playmaker with Mims um, coming in. We expect Sutton, Judy, Tim Patrick. We, we know what we're going to get from them. Um, so it's just a matter of making sure this offensive line is improved so that the running game can get going and that these wide receivers can get open and we can start to score some points. Good. All right. All right. Thanks, Todd. We got Phil Thank coming you, in with Facebook stars. Thank you. Uh, as always, Phil, you support the show and we can't thank you enough. Uh, so thank you for that. And his, uh, his comment here. So everywhere I read, it's a big deal. Sutton is watching tape on Michael Thomas. My question is, shouldn't a good receiver be doing things like that all the time? Just my opinion. And yeah, Phil, I think I, I agree with you to, to a certain extent, but uh, you know, they should be looking to improve. They should be watching other wide receivers to get better. They should be talking to other wide receivers to get better. But I, I think I made the point earlier about it's the context that he's using it. He's, right. he's doing it in a way to get better specifically in, in Sean Payton's offense. And I think that adds a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit more of a, element to my liking of what he's doing it for right it's not just to improve and get better for himself but to actually get better for the team to be able to fit the offense better and use his skills appropriately for how sean payton likes to run his offense and so i i guess it just gives a little bit more glow to me seeing those those words and but you're right you should we be overly happy about oh wow this is wonderful that he's doing it no but that little bit of context, I think, when I listen to the his words and why he's doing it, adds a little bit more to it for me. Yeah, and I, 
Thank you, Phil, for this. And I think the reason why it is such a big deal is because, you know, the familiarity. You know, Sean Payton, New Orleans, Michael Thomas with Drew Brees. So that's why it's, you know, gaining the headlines as it is. It's it's speaking to the context to which Sutton is bringing this up. He wants to learn how Michael Thomas was used within Sean Payton's offense, which, you know, will be essentially the same offense that he's going to be in starting next year. So I think, again, Thomas, you bring up the good point of context, using it to where though understanding how Sean Payton uses them and what Cortland Sutton can expect to how Cortland Sutton can also expect to be used within that offense. But I'm pretty sure Sutton is, you know, studying receivers all the time. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I think it's part of an NFL wide receiver's job is to study some of the greats and some of the current ones. So I'm pretty sure he's doing that. But I think that that that's kind of the reason why this is gaining the headlines as it is. I just want to grab this from Todd. I think this is hilarious. Thomas yeah. <laughs> looks like since Broncos solitary confinement. I feel like I'm in solitary confinement. Well, I'm, you know, I'm in a basement with a cement wall behind me, and instead of having my nice studio lights, I've got a, a shop light. So it's like this heat just bearing down, like they're trying to interrogate me. So uh, it's funny. Thank you, thank you for t- uh, doing that, Todd. I appreciate it. It does feel like it, but it's uh, you know the show must go on. So I'm here, and I I, uh, I I try not to miss any shows if I can. And I want to grab this other one from Keith saying, I want to reiterate an earlier comment. We want more Thomas and Ron. Get them a primetime show. All you mile high huddle big wigs and top brass. We <laughs> we appreciate that, Keith. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, this is going to be the primetime seat come the, uh, when the regular season starts. Mm-hmm. We're going to be breaking down. Uh, we're going to be doing a preview, bringing you more in-depth information on the Broncos and their opponents uh, than you get from the normal preview shows out there that are, you know, you know, Fox Sports or whatever, where they just, you know, they're, they're kind of giggling at each other's jokes and they kind of hit each each element a little bit here and there, but they don't dive into the local teams. We're going to be diving in and hopefully bringing you some really pertinent information to look for and also looking at the um, the opponent and breaking down you know film and analytics so hopefully this is the primetime seat come regular season yeah thank you keith uh for that comment we, we we appreciate you just just thank you everyone for tuning in you know we we try to bring you all the latest and greatest from Broncos country. So the fact that you guys are tuning in um, with your comments and support, you know, we are, we appreciate you. And Thomas is right. You know, Saturday is going to be, you know, they are say it, the, the best day starting when, <laughs> when the NFL season starts, just because you're able to see um, the breakdown of the, the upcoming opponents, how the Broncos match up you know, some of the statistics, you know, how we rank offensively and defensively and breaking down even some of these players and what we can expect and see in some of these games. So doing that breakdown, doing even more analysis as the games start, um, I'm getting excited just talking about it, Thomas. So it's, it's going yeah. to, be, it's going to yeah, be great me too. when the season starts. <laughs> so I want to say uh, good evening to Optheon coming in, saying good evening, Broncos country. Thanks for uh, stopping by. We're actually going to start wrapping up the show. So uh, you know, th- thanks to everybody that's uh, coming in. If you have like, one last minute question that you want to grab, throw it into the chat. Maybe we can get one more before we sign out. But um, 
for the most part, I've had a great time. This has been fun. And, you know, like Keith was talking about, stick with us, right? Stick with us until the regular season. Cause I, you know, this is the slow time for Broncos news. It, it is hard to find, you know, great news stories to, to jump on. And we have all these other shows with different perspectives that get some of these news, but come regular season, we're going to be bringing you some fantastic content, getting you ready to watch this team on Sunday. I, I'm, I'm an analytics guy. I'm going to be digging into those numbers, uh, opponents numbers. Ron loves to watch the film. He's going to be doing that. And we're going to, I think we're going to have some, a lot of fun come Saturday. I just, it, you know, I don't want to rush it. But I'm ready for the regular season to start. Maybe we'll take, we'll have some practice runs in uh, preseason, hopefully. So, yes, I do want to grab one more here from Todd. This is a very interesting question. Thank you, Todd, for this. As we're heading out, he says, who is the Broncos rookie of the year? Maybe not for the league, but the team anyway. Ooh. So I would say my candidate for Broncos Rookie of the Year is going to be Drew Sanders. You know, ah. I'm still watching tape of Drew Sanders <laughs> just because I, you guys, I love this pick. I love this pick so much. Just what he's able to do in the middle of the field as an inside linebacker, some of those pressure packages coming up on the blitz. You know, he's a sure tackler, very good in coverage. So to see that on a Broncos football field, and again, it may not be in all situations, right? I know he's you no know, rookie and, you know, the it's going to be heavy reliance on Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton, but just how they can use him. Um, so I'm excited to see him and he has my nomination for the Broncos rookie of the year. Yeah. I was going to grab Drew Sanders too. Uh, <laughs> biggest reason was I, I like his game. I think he's going to have uh, packages to come in versatility wise um, because, you know, he, he has that versatility to, to blitz and play, you know, play the run and everything else. And also the injuries to the defense, uh, to the inside linebacking crew that's been happening. He's going to get more playing time, I think. Um, but you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Marvin Mims yeah. just because you took Drew Sanders for me. <laughs> I'm gonna go with somebody else. I'm gonna say Marvin Mims only because Cecil Lammy was on the show with us. Uh, you know, with Luke Patterson and I, and he said he was the best wide receiver out there. Oh, so it, yeah. that's a. I mean, that's a big. That is a big compliment that he was. He was looking that good. So. He may push some somebody off the roster. We just we talked about that from the beginning of the show. That question was asked: Who gets traded? It's a big wide receiver room. You know, if, if someone can't stay healthy, he's going to get playing time. And you know, it. And on top of it, you're going to see him in the return game, yes. right? He's going to be in the return game. So if he's dynamic as we all think he's going to be, he may be dynamic in the return game, and you may see some really, you know, dynamic plays on offense because. If he's if he's that good already, like people are are taking notice, right? And this isn't just somebody, you know, the, somebody that's in the media that's out there looking at it. If they're taking notice, he may get more opportunities than you think. Now it's hard for a rookie to really break through, but uh, Marvin Mims may surprise people. But just his uh, special teams play alone is going to make him very valuable because the Broncos had a rough time last year with Montreal Washington. There's no doubt about it. I like him still. I think he can develop a little bit more, but. Mims may take over the punt return duties from him and, and be a dynamic returner. So that's who I'm going to go with, but you know, he's one B because I really like Drew Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Well, let's wrap this show up. It's after nine, uh, after seven o'clock. We've been here on an hour and uh, just want to say, everybody, thank you so much for jumping in the chat. Thank you for the support. Really appreciate it. Stick around, stick with us. Like I said, we're going to be, we're going to be really digging into uh, the preview come, come regular season, which is coming right up. Uh, you know, we're going to go through training camp. We'll be, uh, yeah, I'm going to be out there. So it's going to be fun to bring you some of those news, but thank you very much for everything, uh, for being here for the comments and the support. Ron, any, anything you want to say before we uh, sign off? Uh, no, so again, you know, just look forward to us um, coming in on Saturdays as the, you know, season starts. Again, there'll be great conversation. Um, and as you get out there in training camp, you know, hopefully we'll see some good plays out in the field. But I think I think we're good. That's right. Now, don't forget, you can follow Ron White on Twitter. I mean, if you want to hear more from us, we're on Twitter. So you can get at Ron uh, on Twitter at Ron, Hi- Ron White NFL. You can come me, Thomas Hall, NFL. Subscribe to the show. Like the show. Do all those necessary things. Tell your friends and family about it. Let's uh, let's get more people viewing uh, because we're going to get prepared for some fun stuff come regular season. So thank you very much. Go Broncos. Thank you, guys. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.